Good morning, Adventure Family. Morning. I always feel like when I when I hear that intro, I always feel like I should do something epic. Like I should do some like physical feat or something. You guys are like, no, please don't. <laughs> well, good morning. We are continuing our series, The Jesus Stories. These are new new insights into an old narrative. And this morning I have a really special guest with me. Can you please welcome Miranda Washburn? So sweet. Uh, you probably recognize Miranda from doing the announcements, but she is that and so much more. Thank you. <laughs> Many of you don't know she has a PhD in theology from Fuller Theological Seminary. Yes. Yeah. I'm kidding. She really doesn't. We're just uh, it, uh, we're just Shots keeping, fired. <laughs> we are just having real conversations. That's kind of the whole point of this series is that you know the stories the stories about Jesus are the most profound and impactful. As a matter of fact, this is where the secrets of the kingdom of heaven are stored. And that's why I really wanted to make a, an effort to focus on what Jesus wants us to see and to and how he wants to transform us. So I've invited my special guest up here um, to kind of share a story that's really meaningful to her, a story that really had a profound impact on her life. How many of you can say that that you've had a story in the Bible that has profoundly impacted your life. And that's why we exist here. We, we exist to love God, to love people, to bring him honor, to help people grow their own life and to, to impact their world and to live the dream that God has put within their heart. And that can only happen through transformation. So that's what we're all about, is, is transformation. And that's really what I've been praying is that as we go through these stories, that people's lives would be transformed. Mm-hmm. How many of you want, want some transformation? Right? So um, this morning we're going to be reading a story, and it's called Jesus Heals a Lame Man. How many of you are lame? <laughs> How many of you are sitting next to somebody who's lame? <laughs> All the hands go up. <laughs> okay, love God, love people. Okay, um, but, but we're going we're gonna to discover this man in this story who was radically transformed by Jesus. And when we started the service, I said the best story is that the story of someone who is saved, healed, delivered, and set free. And that's really, that's really the goal for today, is that people would be saved, healed, delivered, and set free by the power of God's word and by his Holy Spirit. You ready for this? This story is jam-packed. So Miranda, would you do yeah. us the honor of reading the story? By the way, today we are doing, it's John chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. We're doing the, the new international version of the Bible. By the way, um, any of the versions of the Bible that we use here are have been vetted by, by scholars. So these are not just like these random versions of the Bible. And... Uh, they're not, it's not like a translation on a translation on a translation on a translation. These, all of these have been taken from original documents so that, that it is the, the pure word of God. Okay, you feel better about that? Knowing that this is from God directly to us. Yeah, anybody feeling good about that? I'm, I'm relieved about that because I want to hear directly from God. Yeah. Don't you? I don't want to hear what, what, other people have to say, I want to hear what Jesus has to say. So before we even get into the message, why don't we, would you mind praying for people that they would really hear whatever it is that Jesus wants them to hear this morning? Of course. Well, Lord, we just come before you, God, as your people. Mm -hmm. God, and we just thank you so much for who you are, for your love and your kindness and your grace for us. And I just ask that you would open our hearts today to what you want to say. Lord, that we would hear your voice and your voice alone, and that you would speak truth and wisdom to us, and that we'd be able to walk in what you have for us. And so I just surrender this time to you. God, I ask that you would move. And I'm excited to see you move, because I know you do. And so we just give it to you, and we thank you for everything that you're doing, and everything that you've done, and everything that you will do. In your name, amen. Amen. How many of you are really jealous of Miranda right now? Whoa, hands just go up all around the room. <laughs> just 
so so this is a this is a, a bit of a scary thing, but um, I really believe that Jesus has something special that He really wants to speak to each one of us. And um, Miranda has she's been living with me for several years now, and I want to say that she she is a person who has been transformed by the Lord, by His Spirit, by His Word, as she has just really offered herself to the Lord, I have watched just such a great transformation in your life. It's been really marvelous to watch and to get to have a front row seat in that. So um, would you mind starting us out? Would you read John John chapter 5? If you have your mobile device, it's the New International Version, or um, just read along in whatever version you have. We'll also have it up on the screens so you can see it there. Okay, so starting in verse 1, it says, Some time later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and, when it's sur- and which is surrounded by five colored colonnades. Here a great number of disabled pe- people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. And they waited for the moving of the waters. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. I thought I skipped forward. Um, the first... Oh, so from time to time, an angel of the Lord would come and down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool after each disturbance would be cured of whatever disease they had. One who was there who had been an invalid for 38 years, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me get into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes in ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured, and he picked up his mat and he walked. Um, the day on which this took place was a Sabbath. So, and so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and the law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who was this fellow who told you to pick, a, pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him in the temple, and he said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. So there's a lot in here. There's a whole lot in here. Um, Before we get into this message, though, I want to just say one thing. So on the announcements, they had mentioned that our annual vision meeting next week is for members only. That is not the case. It's for anyone who's interested in hearing what the Lord did over the last year and what we believe that the Lord has moving forward for the Adventure family. So please come to the annual meeting. It's going to be worth it. It's not going to be a long, boring meeting. It's going to be, it's going to be really fun and exciting. So And there's food, right? And there's food. And there's child care. So... Consider it a date, young parents. So, all right. So getting into this message, um, Jesus heals a lame man. So, um, so Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the center of all of the religious activity in that area or the, or the Jewish traditions. And it says, in Jerusalem, there's a sheep gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. Now, what Bethesda means, it means house of mercy. Anytime you hear the word Bet or Beth, like Bethlehem means the house of bread. And you know, Jesus is the bread of life. So Jesus came from Bethlehem. Um, This is the house of mercy. And a lot of people think that this represents what the church should be. How many of you believe the church should be a place of mercy? Mm-hmm. Do you know what mercy means? Mercy means not getting what you deserve. You know, we come from such a vengeful culture, don't we? It's like, I'll get that guy. You know, there, there's so much retribution and vindication. People really want to get people back. But the church, and when I say the church, I mean the body of Christ, We should be such a place of mercy, should we not? And keep in mind that in the same way that you show mercy, mercy will be shown to you. And so so Bethsaida or Bethesda, this place, the Sheep Gate, is a place of, of mercy 
And as we get into this story, you're going to see how Jesus was so merciful to this guy. And it had the five covered colonnades. I've actually, I've been to this place. It's, it's quite a large area. It's got the the five colonnades, they, they thought that that was just kind of to shield people from getting sunburned or whatever, because it can get pretty hot in Jerusalem. Um, but it says here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. Um, when they say a great number, it, it was estimated that on a, on a typical day, it would be around 300 people. But because this was during a festival, they estimated that it was probably over 3,000 people. Now, I want you to picture this. You know, when we read it, we kind of, we skim over certain things like the smell. Now, think about this. These people were sick. Many of them could not walk. And they were laying there for a long time. So this wasn't like this sterile hospital environment that we're used to. This was a place that was probably quite gross and that's why a lot of the religious leaders would never even go into this area. So the fact that Jesus even went into this area says so much about his character, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and the more that I know the Lord, the longer I walk with the Lord, the more that I see he is such a God of compassion. Mm-hmm. He's so much more compassion than we give him credit for. Yeah. But it's saying here um, that there were the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Miranda, can you share um, what you've learned about those different terms? Yeah, yeah. Um, so kind of like a little bit of a backstory of just this chapter or this section. I used to just jump over it. I used to just read it and like jump into the next part and be like, oh, that's cool. Like what mm-hmm. happened? Like Jesus did something cool. And I never felt like it related to my life. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I felt like God had spoke to me of like the depth of it later on and reading it, it really came alive in a different way. And I started looking into like the definition of what Mm. being blind, lame and paralyzed in an invalid is. And so I want to share those with you if that's all right. So being blind is being unable to see or having no sense of sight. Being lame is unable to walk without difficulty. Paralyzed is a state of helpless stoppage, inactivity or inability to act. An invalid is a person too sick or weak to care for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's really when I started realizing how this story can relate to all of us. Maybe we don't have the physical implications that this guy did. And mm-hmm. I work in a place, um, I work in a facility where I take care of people who've been through major, major accidents. They have catastrophic injuries. They are not able to breathe on their own or eat on their own or move on their own. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I was thinking about this story when I first read it. I was reading it through those eyes and not really seeing how it can relate also to us in our emotional life. Like maybe we are blind. Maybe Mm -hmm. we have that impaired vision with things, Mm -hmm. or maybe we feel paralyzed Mm -hmm. or even lame. Like it's difficult to walk for us sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just feel like the depth of it is, it just goes in both directions. You know, it can reach a lot of people that way. Mm -hmm. So, and it reached me, even though I thought it didn't relate, it did. Mm So, yeah, can you can you kind of describe you know why this story is so meaningful to you like what what did the Holy Spirit do in and through you in this story? Um, well, for me, reading this story when it finally came to life for me, I really saw myself as the man on the mat, you know, as somebody who was in, unable to do all these things, just like I'd shared, like unable to see clearly and walk with the Lord. And um, I just felt helpless and I felt too weak to care for myself in a lot of areas. And I realized what may be part of what my mat was. And I think God kind of opened my eyes to that. You know, I, I have a history of just, you know, I think all of us have histories like with our families or with people that we've been around where we've been hurt Mm-hmm. And it's easy to carry those offenses that we've had, you know, and where do those lead us and where do those take us? Maybe to bitterness or self-pity or victim states. And I mm-hmm. think that I carried all of that, you know, and I had that carrying me as like this man on the mat. And so, yeah, it just was interesting reading it from a different when the Lord speaks it, you know, and just this whole nother perspective kind of like sideswipes you and you're like, whoa. Like, mm-hmm. that was cool that you spoke that, but also, like, I don't want to be that way, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, really, that's what I felt like God had shown me in the beginning of it mm-hmm. with this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, anytime there's a, a, 
a physical thing, there's also, there can be a spiritual parallel or vice versa. And, and I think in this case, um, that mat mm-hmm. represents whatever it is that we are allowing to hold us or, or an idol to us, or maybe something that is, that we use to define us, whether, whether we put ourselves there, whether someone else put us there, whether it was circumstantial, the mat represents the, the thing that prevents us from really walking in the way that God has called us to walk. And, and the, the original language, um, the, the word that is closest to this guy is not really lame. It's, it's more impotent, which means he had no power to do anything. He was completely dependent on other people to help him. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it's just crazy here. It says, when Jesus saw him lying there and he learned he had been in this, like Jesus had to learn that, like Jesus knew that. <laughs> because he was God. But it says when he learned he had the condition for a long time, he goes up to the man and what does he ask him? Straight up. He's like, do you want to be well? Do you want to get well? Which is so, (laughs) which so intense. That seems crazy. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it in our culture today, imagine somebody who has like how I was kind of paralyzed by like my fear and my anxiety, my depression and things that I just had carried with me. Um, and if somebody came up to me, maybe I'm like, I just, when I first pictured this story, I just pictured, like you were saying, like a church, like a house of mercy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love the thing about our church is we can come and we can just be real. We mm-hmm. can just be ourselves, mm-hmm. which is so empowering because we don't have to fake it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the first step of just like admitting or just saying like how you're doing your day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with this guy, like, he comes to, he's at this house of mercy. He's in this place of like loving kindness, you know, and he's in this place of healing. And so you would imagine that he's wanting to be healed, right? Maybe mm-hmm. I related to that because I've been, I like tried to consistently come in the middle of my struggles and still was like not fully there yet with mm-hmm. healing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. So then when Jesus asked him that, I just think of our culture and like him coming up to somebody who's just struggling and being like, do you want to get well? Like when I first read it, it was like kind of aggressive. And I was kind of offended for the guy of like, bro, do you not see? Like, not that Jesus is a bro, but just, (laughs) 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 but like, do you not see like he's where he's at, like in his life. And he's been there for 38 years. Mm -hmm. Like that's so long of just struggling and wanting healing. And so it's just like so opposite of what I think we would do. And I just imagine like the people around him are probably like, Jesus? Yeah. Really? Yeah. But I mean, not Jesus because they didn't know it was him yet. Maybe yeah. somebody did. But anyway, so it's just like so opposite of our culture to challenge us in that way of just being like, are you ready? Are yeah. you ready to get off the mat? Yeah. And so I think it is really important um, recognizing the mat, but it also is really important being in a place where you're able to answer Jesus right when he asks you that. So. And I think it's interesting, too, that um, this guy, he was seeking healing from all these people. Yeah. But then the, the, the only one who actually could heal him picks him out of this crowd of probably yeah. thousands of people because it's the one. And I really feel like the question, one of the questions that Jesus wants to ask you and me today is, do you want to get well? Do you want to be healed? You know, and like you said, it, it can almost come across, maybe it can even appear like so obvious or maybe even a little bit condescending or like you said, like offensive, like obviously I want to get healed, but there's a condition. And I think that's, that's what Jesus wants to point out in this story. Do you want to get well? Mm-hmm. So do you want to get healed? today because Jesus is going to show us how to do that mm-hmm. as we move forward. So um, what's this guy's reaction? I mean, Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? I, I just watched this, um, the, the little clip from the chosen. Yeah. Shout out. So the chosen, um, Jesus comes up to this guy and he's like, may I ask you a question? And the guy's like, kind of looks at him like, well, I don't have many answers. 
<laughs> right? The guy's been laying there for 38 years. It's not like he's, you know, been in school or learning anything. He's just laying there hoping to get healed. And so Jesus asked him just flat out. He's like, do you want to be healed? And like you said, we can maybe even think that's like, obviously, Jesus, I've been like this for 38 years. I mean, the guy had been laying there five years longer than Jesus had even been alive. Think about that. That was a, Some of you haven't even been alive for 38 years. Some of you haven't even been alive half of 38 years. <laughs> and, and so it would seem like such an obvious question, wouldn't it? And even when I ask you today, or the Holy Spirit asks you today, do you want to be healed? Do you want to get off that mat? Do you want to get off that thing that's holding you back? It's not just like this obvious question because Jesus is saying, if you do, then I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things. And so going on, it says, um, the guy starts in, first of all, yeah. which is what we do too. What does he start out? Like he goes into what? Like Just comes in with all the excuses and the blame. And just like to clarify, this guy has been on the mat, like you said, 38 years. So it would make sense to have all these excuses and to have mm -hmm. all of this. It's not to invalidate the fact that this has been hard, mm -hmm. but it's almost like he wants his voice heard of like, bruh, like I've been trying to get mm -hmm. in the pool. No one will help me. Mm -hmm. Like focused on everything around him. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't get there. Like, I just can't. It's just not possible, even mm -hmm. though he's in this place and he's like wanting the healing. Being in the place alone kind of signifies that there's some want in him to be healed. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so he just comes up with all of those, mm -hmm. all of those things that could be kind of cop outs in a way of just being like, I don't know. Like, he doesn't even answer Jesus's question. Yeah. Like, he kind of does, but not really like directly, you know? Right. Yeah. So. And I think, I think that's kind of true of us too, isn't it? Where we, you know, where this question is posed, do you want to get well? And then we start, we kind of go into victim mode. Yeah. You know, like, oh, well, I mean, think about all the horrible things that have happened to me and, and think about, and then you go into blame mode. Think about the people that did these things to me. And of course I, 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 I want to be healed, but you know, but so much has happened to me, and I, I really believe that is a demonic lie, that the enemy wants us to believe that we're either too far gone, we're unworthy, we're too sinful, or we're, you know, whatever the excuse is, too much has happened to us, we're too abused, we're too violated, we're too broken. And Jesus wants to break that lie today, mm -hmm. and he wants to say, if I'm asking you if you want to get well, I'm going to let you get well. I am going to heal you. Amen? Amen. That's good. And so, um, so, yeah, he goes into victim mode. He goes into blame mode, which is, is what we do too. But then what does Jesus say to him in verse 8? Well, immediately he just says, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And I, it's interesting that Jesus doesn't just jump on the train of, I know, you know, he's not going down that path because Jesus already does know. And mm -hmm. him walking in and seeing hundreds of people and going to this one guy mm -hmm. is so cool that he it's kind of like he already knows. He mm -hmm. knows where you're at, you know, and that's what for me just being like, oh, like you already know where I'm at. And we're moving past that already, mm -hmm. even though I don't feel ready, mm -hmm. you know, so just like the get up, pick mm -hmm. up your mat and walk. He's requiring action. Like you've said, it's mm -hmm. just like it's time. Mm hmm. You know, like healing is going to take place. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the, the thing is that getting up means choosing, mm -hmm. means yeah. making the decision. I'm sick of my sin or I'm sick of being stuck in this situation or I'm sick of this mat or whatever it is. I am, I am ready to do something about it. So when Jesus asks, do you want to get well? He's also asking, are you willing to sacrifice in order to do that? Are you willing to, as a friend of mine says, choose your heart? Are you willing to do the difficult thing mm -hmm. in order to be free? Because Jesus does tell us to count the cost. And I think even in this, he's saying count the cost. To get up, which means to, to make that decision, to rise up and to choose, you know what? I am going to be healed today. 
Jesus is offering to heal me. I want to be healed today. And then he says, and take up your mat. I think he's saying, pick up that thing that has been holding you, like, like you were saying earlier. That thing that is holding you, you're going to take that up. You're going to pick that thing up. Mm-hmm. And you're going to carry that. And you're going to walk. And I believe today that is a promise for people here. That Jesus is saying, if you want to get well, he's going to show you how to make that choice and how to pick up your mat, and then he's going to show you how to walk. And um, it says here, at once the man was cured, and he picked up his mat and he walked. And what do you think, what does, what does walking look like, like for this guy? He yeah. hasn't walked for at least 38 years, maybe longer. So what does that look like for him? I think... It's got to be really difficult, you know, to to do something you haven't done in 38 years, let alone do something so different, Mm -hmm. you know, stepping into what God has told him to do. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said earlier about like our walk and how the Bible refers to our walk with the Lord, you know, and how that is a process. And it's one step in front of the other. And he like rolls up his mat, picks it up. And all these people are there, and they all know him. Mm-hmm. He's been there for, I mean, maybe not all of them, because, you know, the festival. Mm-hmm. So people are there that are not always there. But mm-hmm. a lot of people are there that have seen him in his misery and have been miserable with him. And watching him, like, roll it up and step into a new, into a new part of his life. Because mm-hmm. everything changed after that for mm-hmm. him. He was no longer needed, needing to just wait by the pool. Mm-hmm. for his own healing. Mm-hmm. And so I think it really signifies like what God is calling us to do. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's so many different ways you could take it. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like when Jesus calls and he answered and he picked it up, it's walking into the unknown of yeah. what is my future? I'm holding all this stuff that has been holding me and where am I going? But I know who told me to go yeah. and led me that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. Um, And it says here, it says, on the day that this took place, it was a Sabbath. Okay, so during those days, um, the Sabbath, they weren't allowed to do any work whatsoever. So they put all these restrictions and said that picking up his mat was considered like work. And isn't this so typical of when Jesus does some amazing thing in us, God does some tremendous, awesome thing in us, and then people come in and say, well, that wasn't really real. You didn't really get delivered. Or you're, you're still really the same person. Jesus didn't transform you. Isn't that kind of what mm-hmm. our culture does or other people do? They're like, the Jewish leaders, they're like, they're like, hey, it's the Sabbath, by the way. I mean, I know you're excited about your healing and all that, but today is the Sabbath. Don't you know you're not supposed to pick up your mat? Isn't this just so typical of what happens to us once we have some radical, dramatic, amazing thing happen that, that, that people or even our own thoughts want to take us down, mm-hmm. right? And I also, I, w- I was thinking about the whole concept of, of the mat and, and you know, how do, how do we end up there? How do we end up on that mat? Like, what are some of the ways that we end up going there? Hmm. I think that's, I think there's so many different ways that we could end up on our mat. Um, for me, it was like I had shared like things in my past that had hurt me, but led me to different areas where I turned to coping, mm-hmm. you know, of just survival mode, you know, and I think, uh, I think about trauma and trauma takes a second. Mm-hmm. It's just a second. Whereas after you're left with all the aftermath, right? Whether it's trauma of like something happening to you or like you're going into sin or you're walking away from the Lord, like that can be traumatic. Right. And so I think about the mat and the mat is so, it can be so many things. It can be like all the things you've told yourself over the years, Mm -hmm. like the enemy will lie to you of things. It can be um, your past. It can be your sin. It can be your shame. But ultimately what the mat was for me in my life, it was my identity, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where I found myself who I was. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, I forgot yeah. what it was. Sorry. <laughs> well, and I, I think, you know, like you said, like trauma can happen in one second. You know, our lives can be dramatically transformed. I mean, mm-hmm. the patients that you take care of, yeah. uh, for many of them, mm-hmm. it was like one second changed their entire lives. Yep. Yeah. Like a car accident or something that's just like 
immediate dramatic change for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's why I was saying earlier. I think you know sometimes we put ourselves on the mat through our own insecurities or through our own lies that we're believing or through our sin or through choices that we've made. Sometimes we put ourselves on the mat. Sometimes circumstances, Mm -hmm. like in the cases of a lot of your patients, it's, you know, circumstances, accidents or whatever. But sometimes other people put us on the mat, you know, through how they have either violated us or abused us or hurt us or wounded us or sinned against us or even how they've defined us. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the Bible does say, you know, the tongue has a power of life and death. I mean, there can be one thing spoken over you. And it can, it can change the trajectory of your whole life. And it can put you on that mat and say, I am unworthy, or I am not lovable, or I am not wanted, or I am, you know, whatever that particular lie is, someone else can put on you. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the lies we tell ourselves that put us on that mat? That, I think it's similar to that, of like feeding the lie of like unwanted or unworthy mm-hmm. or not good enough or not belonging or you've gone too far you've gone too far too much yeah Mm -hmm. like if they really knew who you were Mm -hmm. those kinds of things the imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that if and and that jesus doesn't really want to heal you i mean i think all of these things are are just things that keep us from walking in the freedom that he has for us and um like you mentioned earlier so we're all about real talk, mm-hmm. right? How many of you like real talk? Um, I'm just going to keep it really real here. So if, if you are expecting to have somebody up here who's perfect and has it all together, then you've come to the wrong church. Um, I go. <laughs> so I, I had a situation where um, I had experienced a great deal of rejection, And that rejection, I started to really notice that it started to define me. And not only that it was defining me, but then I was defining myself by the rejection. And I was walking in that spirit of rejection and of abandonment. And what that rejection did for me was it paralyzed me. I mean, it made me lame you know? And what happened was I started to, I could see that I started to really guard my heart and not in a healthy way. Like I started to, to be self-protective. And, and I think, and, and I recycled an old vow. You know, we can make vows to ourselves that can put us on that mat too. Like I'm never going to let anybody close enough to me to hurt me. Or I'm never going to step out again. I'm never going to put myself out there. Or I'm, you know, whatever that particular vow that you make with yourself that keeps you paralyzed. I had one that I recycled, which was, I'm never going to let anybody get close enough to hurt me again. That, that was kind of my lie. It was like, I was so wounded that I didn't, and so I started to see that I was withholding even my own, my own heart that was created to love people. And it really, and it changed the way that I would enter situations, the way that I would respond to people. And I started to see that 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 was kind of my mat. And um, I just want to say, you know, God has freedom for us. Mm -hmm. No matter what your mat is, no matter what the lie is that you're believing that that you can't get off that mat, that that this is going to be your life, I want to just speak hope to you the promise of hope that you can be healed, but do you want to? Mm -hmm. Do you want to? Are you willing to make that choice and to to stand up and to not allow that mat to define you anymore and to walk in what God has called you to walk in? Mm -hmm. One thing with that, I think, too, is like I had shared Um, first service that I, in high school, I was like going through a season of my life where I just felt really depressed and super like heavy. Like it was hard for me to do random, just things that I like to do. And I I have really close friends even here that would be like, let's hang out. And I'd be like, no, 
like, why? Because I'm not about it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I just was like stuck. I was just stuck in this place of being depressed. And I, I got to a place where I felt like the Lord had showed me, you know, there is that choice and there is that cost of healing, mm-hmm. you know, of you can stay here mm-hmm. on this mattress mm-hmm. or... <laughs> It's a recycled joke, but thank you for letting me. Um, Mattress. Yeah, yeah, so you can stay here on that and know what tomorrow brings. Mm -hmm. You can know that it's going to be the same as today. Mm -hmm. Or, I don't know, it could be worse because sometimes you go in that headspace if you're just like, oh, well, at least I'm preparing myself that it's going to be a hard time, you know. And Mm -hmm. Or you can risk it Mm. and you can trust me as in Jesus and you can step off of that into what I have for you. And it's not that we are, I feel like it's not that we're doing all this good. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like, oh, I took the step, but it's really God drawing us, mm-hmm. you know, of being like, are you ready? Is it time? Like, he knows when it's time and he knows when to meet you in that, in that place, in your mess, mm-hmm. and on your mattress and wherever it is in your life where you're just struggling. Mm-hmm. He knows where that is. And so being, being really real with the Lord of being like, even like this guy, he said all this stuff. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't trying to be like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, he mm-hmm. was like, bro, like I've tried so many times, you know, being real, like God's not afraid of that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what he already knows. And so being honest and real in that moment and allowing the Lord to pull you up off that mat, I mm-hmm. think is really the part where God moves in your life and realizing it's him and not you. Like the pressure is off. If he calls you, he's going to do it, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. and then it's crazy because the, the man didn't even know who made him well, you know, when the religious leaders came to him and tried to say, Oh, that, you know, you can't do that. That's not okay. Yeah. And then, um, and then the guy's like, I'm just telling you, you know, this guy came up to me and told me to do it. And so, I mean, can you even imagine how offensive that is after 38 years mm-hmm. of being an invalid that, that these people are like, no, you can't do that today. It's the wrong day. And isn't that sometimes our excuse too? Like, yeah. like I'm not ready or it's not time. Or, I'm in a waiting or, season. Yeah, I'm just going yeah, to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> instead, of, instead of embracing, okay, Jesus is coming to you right now Yeah. and saying, do you want to be well? Do you want to get off your mat? And no matter what anybody else says, it is between between you and him. And yeah. so and so he doesn't even really know who Jesus is. And so then where does Jesus end up finding him? So Jesus ends up going and finding him in the temple, which as side note, I thought it was so cool that that's where the guy went, you know, to this place where God's spirit dwells. And he didn't even know it was Jesus and yet he was still drawn back to the temple. I'm not like a theologian or anything, so I don't know like if that's what you do when you're healed or what, but like (laughs) it was cool to see that's where he went. Like Mm -hmm. he goes back into this place and then Jesus meets him there, which is so beautiful because Jesus doesn't just heal him and send him off and not Mm -hmm. say anything, but Jesus is in the process too, you know, and he comes back and he talks to him and he's like, hey, like see you're well again. Mm -hmm. Stop sinning or worse may happen, you know, Mm -hmm. which... Also, I used to read as an aggressive thing, but I think it's sweet that God warns us, mm-hmm. you know, that he's real with us mm-hmm. and like he wants us to be real with him too. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, that's uh, in verse 14 where Jesus, Jesus later found him at the temple and he said, so you're healthy now. You're like, like I healed you, right? Mm-hmm. And he's saying, and now don't go back to that same old lifestyle. So, I mean, this was confusing for me in the beginning, the first the first few times I was looking at it, I was like, what does he mean? Stop sinning. Yeah. So what are, what do you think maybe, I mean, we don't know, like we don't know if the reason that he's on this mat is because of his sin or if he was on the mat already and that's where the sin started. Like, so Mm -hmm. what are maybe some of the possible sins that this guy Laying there for thirty eight oh, no. years. <laughs> Maybe he was like in a on a pogo stick in a place where you weren't supposed to be. Okay, oh, <laughs> just getting too far. This guy though, <laughs> sorry, that was way insensitive. <laughs> Sometimes it comes out. No, um, but yeah. So maybe Tourette's. it could be anything, honestly. And I think that's the thing about the Word of God that is so cool that it yeah. relates to us in a way like we don't know his name. We don't know if he was abandoned as a kid and left at this place. We don't mm-hmm. know if it was a sin. Mm-hmm. Like maybe this. Maybe he was sinning before, and that's 
what Jesus was referring to, maybe that didn't lead to that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Um, it's just kind of like the, like, only the Lord knows <laughs> or the but, people there, right? But also I think, you know, maybe Jesus is, is addressing his attitude, you know, where he's like, oh, yeah. hey, I don't have anybody to help me. The victim thing. Of like going back or to that. Or self-pity. Yeah. Did you know self-pity is actually a sin? Ugh. Owie. So when you're feeling sorry for yourself, it's actually, that does not honor the Lord. Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, it's not to invalidate your pain, but the Bible tells us over and over and over to put our hope in the Lord. And like you said, instead of focusing on our problems and our issues and on our mat, that we, that we trust, that we put our faith and we fix our eyes on the author and the perfecter of our faith, yeah. instead of focusing on that problem. But so anyway, Jesus tells him, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. There's all kinds of places you could go with this particular thought. But maybe he was mentally unwell. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Jesus is like, dude, you can do this. You got this. I'm with you. And I'm going to keep following following up on you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep walking with you. Well, and like... When we have our mats, like what you said, it's like when we have our mats and it's a mental thing where we're struggling or we're depressed, it's how easy is it for us to fall back into that, thinking mm-hmm. that's still our identity. And like you were saying, like the Jewish leaders were like, that's not real. Isn't, that's for me. Mm-hmm. The thing that I go back to when I'm struggling sometimes, it pops in my head of like, oh, maybe that healing wasn't real or maybe God didn't set me free. Mm-hmm. And then it sets me on this path back to my mat, mm-hmm. you know, whereas it does lead to more sin. Yeah, exactly. So it's a struggle that way. So today, again, I want to ask you, again, first of all, do you want to be healed? So here we are, whatever, whatever this mat represents, whether it's our attitudes, whether it's curses that we've allowed to form us, whether it's our sin, behaviors, judgment, criticism, bitterness, rebellion, or whether we've been put here by somebody else, somebody else put you on this mat, told you you were unwanted, you were unloved, you were unworthy, or betrayed you, or rejected you, or abandoned you. Or maybe the enemy puts you on this mat. Maybe circumstances put you on this mat and, and have robbed you of your freedom, robbed you of the ability to, to get up, to, to overcome this thing that's defining you, that's holding you, that's holding you back. And Jesus is telling you today, you don't have to be defined by this thing. So do you want to get well? Do you want to be healed? Do you? If you do, would you stand up? Like Jesus says, stand up, get up. And are you willing to do this? To take up your mat, that mat, that thing that it has happened to you or has defined you or has changed you in some way or, or it has been holding you or sustaining you because it is part of your story. You know, this is the testimony. This is going to be part of your story. But you're going to be able, in the same way that Miranda has today, you're going to be able to tell people you can overcome it. You can get off your mat. You can get off that thing that has defined you. You can get off that thing that has held you back from being free and from walking in everything God has called you to do. You know, maybe it is a circumstance. Maybe it's a health issue. Jesus is still saying you can pick that thing up and you can walk and you can use that to comfort others with the same comfort. Maybe it's a financial thing. Jesus is saying you can still pick that up. You can still walk with me. You can still trust me. That doesn't have to hold you back. 
And so this morning, um, Miranda, would you just pray for us Mm -hmm. as we choose to be healed, choose to pick up our mats? But before before we do that, I I just want to ask you, let's just take a minute. How many of you have identified something that you would say is your mat? Be honest. Be honest. Almost everybody. If not, let's, let's just take a minute and just invite the Holy Spirit to show us what our, what our particular mat is. So, Lord, we do. Um, Lord, we thank you that we can trust you. We can trust your voice and your spirit and the things that you want to speak to us. So, Lord, I, I, I do ask God that you would illuminate to us what is that mat What is that thing that has held me back, has defined me, or it has um, sustained me or kept me in one place so that I haven't been able to move forward? I haven't been able to walk in transformation with you. Show me, Lord. Show me that, Lord, right now. Miranda, would you pray for us? Well, Lord, we just, um, God, we just thank you for who you are, for your goodness, Mm -hmm. your kindness, and your love for us. And Lord, just like you walked in to that place, that healing pool, and you saw that one man, I thank you that you walk in here and you see us. Mm -hmm. You see our issues and the mat that we've been laying on. God, whether it is something that has happened to us or something that we've we've put ourselves there, whatever it is, God, I just ask that you would reveal it to us. God, that you would open our hearts to your word, Lord, and to your voice, and that we'd be able to hear what you're saying. And if you're saying to us, do you want to get well, Lord, I ask that you would give us the strength to turn to you. God, I thank you that you're the one that heals us. It's not something that we do, but just the surrender of our hearts. God, I ask that you would heal us, God, and you would bring us into that place. And I thank you so much that off of the mat, There's so much more. There's so much more joy and peace and fruitfulness. God, there's so many things that you have for us off of the mat. Mm. And I thank you that when we take our eyes off the mat and fix our eyes on you, just like you showed me, that you're so much bigger than anything that we've been through. And you're our creator, and you've been with us through it all. And you knew us before anything even happened to us. (laughs) And so I just thank you for that, and I pray that you would— Bring us into deeper relationship with you. God, pour out your wisdom on us and clarity and peace, Lord, that we be able to walk the way that you want us to walk. Lord, and that the mat would no longer carry us, but that we would be able to surrender it to you and that it would be a means of something that we can, um, we can reach other people with that would no longer be this hindrance in our life, making us unable to see, but that you would lead us to people who've been through situations that we've been through Mm -hmm. and that we would be able to share what you've done in our lives. And so God, I just thank you for that. And I thank you for who you are. Mm -hmm. And I thank you that you have so much for us and that you love us. And I just, yeah, you're the best. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Um, I, I'd like to ask uh, this morning if we could do something a little bit different. I've, I've asked a few people to come up and pray for those of us who, those of you or us who, um, you know, maybe you've never surrendered fully to the Lord and you've never received the forgiveness that Jesus offered for you on the cross. And I, I just want to say today, he wants to set you free. He wants to save you. He wants to save you for eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have never surrendered to the Lord, today is the day. Um, just mention to the person that you that you pray with this morning. You know, yeah, I've, I've never really surrendered to God. Or if you're somebody and Jesus has asked you specifically today, if you want to be healed and you want to take up your mat and you want to walk, if there's an area in your life and you know that Jesus wants to set you free, but you're not sure what the next steps are, or you just need to confess this. You need to get it out in the light to break the power of darkness over you. I just want to invite you to come forward. Or if you just need prayer for for whatever it is, please don't be embarrassed. I just want to invite you to just come forward for prayer. 
And, um, and, and the thing that we're going to do a little bit differently today is that I really want to make this room um, today, I really want to make this a house of prayer. Um, it, and if you want to, you could stick around and pray with the people you came with or you can come forward for prayer. But for those of you who aren't going to stay and pray, if you're just going to hang out and party or whatever, I just ask that you quietly slip out the back door, go to brunch or do whatever you're going to do, um, take a nap. But if, if, you, if you really want to have an encounter this morning, you want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, or you want to invite the Holy Spirit to come in and do a transforming work in you, just please hang out here. And we're going to just pray, and we're going to we're going to seek the Lord. So, um, if you're if you're getting ready to leave for those online, thank you for joining us. We miss you. Please come back. And if you're um, if you're going to leave, I just want to say a, a blessing over you, Lord. Bless them and keep them. Lord, make your face shine on these beloved people. Be gracious to them. Be merciful to them demonstrate your mercy look upon them with favor give them peace in Jesus name amen we'll see you next week I love you all if you're going to pray please come forward or stick around and pray in here but otherwise just slip out quietly God bless you all Thanks.